Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And thanks to the help we get, you get, from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. We'll help you keep it running. If you need to bring in your car, your truck, your van, for uh, service at your favorite dealer, your favorite shop. Dan will give you some idea of what might be ailing. Good morning to you, Dan Burns. Good morning, Denny Long. How are you? <laughs> You're sounding really good. Let's let's be straight here. We, uh, we've we invited Dan down to the studio, a place I have not been seated for like a year and a half. And my old coffee cup still hanging around there or anything, Dan? You know, I'm sitting in I'm sitting in your chair and drinking out of your coffee cup, so I hope you don't good, mind. I, I feel like I feel with, like I'm you. Good luck and good luck with both, by the way, the coffee cup and me. But uh, Dan is uh, going to help you out there this whole hour, uh, and I, I have to tell you also because of huge technical difficulties, you can still get in here to ask uh, Dan your question and all the shows, but you're going to have to do it by text. Because the phone system is kaput. Uh, yeah, no no telephones. How about that, this high-tech age? Uh, so anyway, uh, if you need uh, to uh, get in here to CCO and you want to ask Dan a question about your vehicle, send a text, 651-989-9226. 651-989-WCCO uh, is an easier way to remember it, I guess. Uh, for your text messages. And that's the deal uh, today. What's uh, been happening at Lloyd's Automotive, Dan? What are folks coming in for uh, this uh, last day of July here, isn't it? Wow. Well, you know, it's still, still, Denny, is an awful lot of, of uh, hot weather-related stuff. Uh, vehicles that are have gotten in trouble with the hot weather. And, uh, you know, you'd think that after this amount of time, uh, everything would have played out. But but not so. It's, st- it's still really, really busy. And... Uh, and uh, there's still a lot going on. I don't see any changes, you know, that much in the, uh, besides all the smoke out there, is the temperature this week looks to be, again, mid to upper 80s. So, yeah, summer hot weather is uh, is, is is still with us. Uh, again, if you have a uh, question for Dan, text, send the text. That's the only way we'll get it answered, 651-989-9226. Uh, let's see, Dan, they're coming in right now, as a matter of fact. Here's a uh, 2003 Buick Century, temperature gauge runs a bit hot. Do cooling fans have more than one speed in this vehicle? Seems it's only running on a low speed when the air conditioning is running. The manual shows three fuse relays. Could they be bad? Well, any any of that, I, I believe that there that there probably is two speeds on that vehicle. 
uh, to turn it up. And um, the if the cooling fan is cycling, then the, you know, in, in other words, if it's turning on and off ever, then uh, it thinks it's doing its job. One thing that we have found quite a bit of uh, this time of year after the spring season is that the front of the radiator can actually get plugged with debris. So one of the things that I might recommend is that you uh, take the garden hose and gently rinse off the front of the air conditioning condenser and the uh, radiator, which you can't see. But that space between the air conditioning condenser and the radiator gets clogged with, a, you know, a, a, a cottony-like material like you would see on your air conditioning co- uh, compressor outside uh, on your home. And, uh, with you know, you have, from time to time you have to rinse that off with the garden hose too. And uh, this is the same thing. If that gets plugged, it doesn't allow enough air through. And uh, um, that, that uh, is often what causes this trouble. Generally speaking, <clears throat> if the uh, air conditioning fan runs ever, then, of course, you know that the fan itself is, is good. Uh, but I'm not sure what the controller is trying to do with it. If you turn off the air conditioning completely and, and see if the fan comes on ever just by temperature, and if it never does, uh, then, then we've got some diagnostics to do on the temperature control side of the, air condi- of the uh, fan. The, the fan comes on for sure when you turn the air conditioning on. It needs that, but uh, it's also controlled by the temperature of the engine. And so if, the, if the, you turn the air conditioner off, let the f- engine come up to operating temperature and see if the fan comes on. And if it never comes on, then we've... Good. Say, I've got a 2005 Chrysler Town & Country Touring with a 3.8 engine. And uh, maybe a month ago, I turned the car off, and I was getting out of the car, and I heard a noise, and it was the fan uh, was still running. And um, so I disconnected the battery and uh, went online and did some research, and they said it's probably the uh, fan motor relay. And so I replaced the fan motor relay, and um, and that took care of the problem of the fan still running. But now the fan doesn't work. Okay, so I replaced the uh, fan heater heat sensor, and um, the fan still doesn't run even when I put the air conditioning on. Any ideas? Yeah, you know, um, I do. The fan relay, it's uh, either the power side of the fan or the ground side of the fan. And without looking at a wiring diagram, I don't know which side it's operating. Uh, it, it could easily be either side, but something's missing, obviously. So the place to start is find a wiring diagram for that vehicle. And you'll find that the power supply comes from somewhere, perhaps the relay, but maybe maybe not that likely. 
and then the ground side comes from the other side, perhaps the relay or somewhere else. And you need to fi- you need to track that starting at the fan and go backwards and see uh, when the, like when you turn the air conditioning on, the fan's supposed to run. You need to follow the power wire back to see where you're losing power. And um, maybe it's a fusible link or, or something like that that's, uh, that's causing the fan to not work. But without a wiring diagram uh, and a little bit of research, you're going to spend an awful lot of money guessing on parts, and I would not do that. I think uh, if you're comfortable doing some diagnostics yourself, you should do that, or uh, it probably would be cheaper for you to bring it into a shop and have them do some uh, diagnostics and find out where you're missing your either power or ground supply to the fan. I'll tell you that once you have all the information in front of you and you start tracking it back, it usually goes very quickly. So even if you take it in, I don't think you can, ex- you would expect to spend a lot of money to get it figured out. That's good. Sounds smart. All right. Very good. Uh, uh, and you hang on, you're going to be next on the phone. Then we'll pick up on some text mes- messages as well. Uh, CCO's Car Care Show, every Saturday in the 7 o'clock hour, call us or text us, 651-989-9226. 69 degrees in the Twin Cities here on News Talk 830 WCCO. And good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here, along with ASE Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive, located exactly where on Grand Avenue, Dan? Well, we are at 982 Grand Avenue, Denny, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net, or give a call as soon as this morning. 651-228-1316. And have some coffee or shop around there. Great uh, great avenue for, for all of the above, including Lloyd's. You know, uh, you know yeah. it's so fun, Denny, because all the coffee shops and restaurants and everything are back open. So yes. uh, when you are getting your car fixed, there are currently uh, some very comfortable places to go sit and wait and have a snack or have a cup of coffee or a glass or, or a cup of tea. And, uh, it has not been that way for the past year. For well, the past year, true. if you dropped your car off, you could not wait in our office and there was no place to go because there was nothing else open. So it was very frustrating, but, but we're back at it and it's very comfortable now. I think I might find something wrong with one of my cars so I can come over and do that very thing. I'll think of something just to, just to browse through. All right, 651-989-9226. We'll get you that phone number before Dan leaves us today, too, if you need some help there. Anne, we promised, and Circle Pines would be next on the phone. Anne, thank you for waiting. What, what's your question for Dan? Um, I have a flaky turn signal situation. Um, part of the time they work... And then they'll stop working for a while, and so I'm thinking I'll take it in. Well, then it starts working again. It can it, it can happen the same day. You know, I can stop and go one place and get back in, and then they don't work. You know, um, there's actually, actually the the uh, the turn signal system is a is a more complicated electrical system than you would think. 
and it's got even more complicated with the you know with the uh, with the uh, advancement in technology with cameras and lighting and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so they, they've gotten more sophisticated. But that being said, uh, if the turn signals are inter- intermittently working, then it's probably at a, a, a switch type source, which would be the uh, turn signal switch itself or the flasher, whatever the, whatever the flasher unit is that causes the turn signals to turn on and off the way that they do or at a connection. And um, I've seen them all. They're all pretty common. And so uh, I think that if you bring it in, you're probably going to need to get some help because even trying to locate a turn signal flasher flasher is just about impossible uh, these days. It's, It's very complicated. And without the information to know where to look and, and how to find them, uh, I, I don't know that you could do that. So I think you're going to have to bring it into the shop to get some help. But the good news is that you can uh, you can uh, know that it won't be too complicated or um, too expensive to uh, do the diagnostic on it. Yeah, years ago it used to be pretty easy to find, as I recall, uh, to find that capacity. You know, the turn, the turn signal motors used to always, or the turn signal flashers used to always be, right on the steering column on just about all cars. And that's just not the case anymore. That's typical. All right. Here's a, a, a question I can, a text I can relate to. Uh, is it okay to start your vehicle with the air conditioner switches on, or is it best to turn them off prior to starting? I always shut everything down. Well, that's, that's a, not a bad habit to have, Denny, but, uh, it's just fine to start the vehicle with those on because they all have delays uh, built into the system before they would turn on anyway. So, like, for example, when you start the car, the air conditioning compressor does not immediately engage. It needs, uh, it needs to gather all the information that it needs before it can safely turn on, and that takes a period of time, you know, a short period of time, but it takes a period of time. Uh, after you start the car. So things don't, in a split second, come to life. They hesitate for a little bit. And what happens uh, nowadays is, is so many people have remote starts in their car, so they leave the air conditioner on on purpose so they can, oh, yeah. as they're walking up to the car, push the button and get things going so it cools off a little bit. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Uh, again, uh, you can call in your question or send a text, 651-989-9226. Here's a 2005 uh, Impala, 77,000 miles on it. Every 12 to 24 months, the heat AC fan goes out. I have replaced it three times. It just went out again. What do you think? Well, uh, rarely would it be, I mean, if it truly is the fan itself that is has failed, Rarely would it be something causing that to happen. So, in other words, it's it would it would not usually be that there's a power problem or a ground problem. Um, but that being said, when you bring it in this time uh, to be repaired, you could ask them to check that. You could ask them to check to be sure that the power supply is a good, solid power supply, and that the ground side of the system is being being completely grounded properly um that would be rare for that to be a problem but but that's an easy check 
uh, you know, just with a voltage drop, we can we can test that stuff uh, to be sure that it's working properly. And then the other thing that I would recommend is maybe switch brands this time. If you've put three of the same brand of blower motor in and it's continuing to be a problem, maybe you would do better to uh, switch that up and, and go, go to a different supplier and see if you have better luck. Okay, very good. Dan, we uh, need to take a quick break, have a look at that forecast, see if it's still going to be uh, warm weather around these parts. We'll do that and be back with more of the show here on 830 WCCO. Stay with us. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here, along with ASC certified technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul, helping you out by text this morning. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, well, if you just join us, our phone system is down. Uh, but we still have the text method. So if you have any kind of a car care question, uh, send a text at 651-989-9226. And Daniel, we have a bunch of those for sure. All right, let's see. Who is next here? A 2003 Honda Odyssey. There's a squealing sound coming from the engine compartment, and the battery light is lit. It still starts and runs fine. Is it a bad alternator or maybe a loose belt? Well, I, uh, I don't think a loose belt would cause the battery light to be on. <clears throat> the, tel- the telltale uh, information we have here is that the battery light's on, and that needs to be checked out. Uh, I, I suspect what's going on is the squealing noise is coming from the alternator. Uh, and if that's the case, that would certainly cause the battery light to be on uh, also. So I, my recommendation is you bring it in and have an electrical system test done, and uh, and you'll probably find that the alternator is what's squealing, and, uh, and you know, you'll... Uh, they'll take appropriate action and and taking care of that for you. Okay. This listener, Dan, says they they have a 2013 Chevy Impala, 180,000 miles on it. The check engine light is on, has been reset twice. They list a couple of different codes that show up. The garage wants 175 bucks just to diagnose it. Can I ignore the check engine light or do I pay that every time the light comes on? (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Well, that's a funny question or tricky question because uh, $175 to diagnose it is probably right. That's probably what it's going to take. You know, they're, they're maybe they're rec- they're uh, they're saying it's going to take an hour and a half to figure out what's going on with the check engine light, and um, you know, pulling the code uh, is one thing. It only takes a couple of minutes to do that. But actually going through the, the uh, test procedure of checking the components and the wiring and all that is what takes time. And, and that, yeah, it, of course, have to pay for that. And so I wouldn't say that every time your check engine light comes on, you have to pay $175 to get it shut off. But in order for the check engine light to stay off, <clears throat> it, needs, <clears throat> it needs to be diagnosed properly and the repair needs to be made. And then your check engine light will stay off for sure. That makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, so again, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. This listener has a classic car. They want to replace the radiator. 
thinking of getting an aluminum one, but heard a few comments for and against aluminum. One was you might need a second electric fan to help cool it. Others say aluminum is more efficient than copper. What is your opinion? Well, <clears throat> I'm old-fashioned, so I like the I like the old stuff. I like the copper, <laughs> but you know, with, with metal prices and so forth, copper radiators get to be more expensive, um, and the reason that that on many cars nowadays they have aluminum and plastic radiators is that they're lightweight, and that's a big deal for fuel economy. With a classic car, that's not quite so important. Uh, you don't care as much about that. So, but at at the end of the day, if I had a choice, I probably would uh, get the copper radiator uh, for longevity and corrosion and all the other things. I think the copper would serve you better. Dan, from time to time, uh, we we our listeners want to get an update on uh, what you're, if anything, seeing at Lloyd's as far as catalytic, catalytic converter thefts. Is that still going on? It is. is. They, there was, I heard one, and you hear them when they come in. Sure. Uh, I heard it come in yesterday, uh, but it's been a while. I would say that uh, that the catalytic converter theft has slowed down a lot. A lot of people, excuse me, a lot of people have done a lot or have done uh, uh, taken action to uh, protect their catalytic converters. There's shields and things that, that you can put on and, We've even welded some rebar to get in the way so that they can't uh, get down there and steal the catalytic converters. But at any rate, it's it's slowed down. It's not that they're not still worth a lot of money. They are. It is, or they are. But uh, but people are way more aware. And I think as people become aware and start watching and looking, then the thieves get nervous and uh, and find another way. Phew. Amazing. All right, thanks for that text. Uh, here's another one, uh, 2013 F-250. During this hot weather, Texter says, and after the truck is up to operating temperature, waiting at a stoplight, the oil light came on a couple of times. Touching the gas a little, the light goes off. Would changing to a higher viscosity oil help, or do these oil light sensors uh, start failing, or or uh, or what? I'd say all of that is true. Uh, the Procedure would be if you brought that into my shop, we would uh, remove the fuel, or, or I mean the oil pressure sensor, and put a mechanical gauge in there, and we would actually read what the oil pressure is doing at idle and hot and cold and all and so forth under all those conditions. Uh, if the oil pressure is in fact low then we'd have to figure out why. Is it because the oil pump is not, has, has lost efficiency and needs to be replaced? Or is it because the engine is old enough and has enough miles on it that it's <clears throat> just getting loose and, uh, and, it, and the um, oil, you know, the, it's just not creating enough pressure because it's, it's, there's too much space for the oil to go in. Hmm. Uh, if the engine is actually wearing out, and the oil pressure is is a little bit low enough to turn the light on. Uh, then there's not much we can do about it. We can we know, replace the engine. It's that's a big deal. Um, but if the oil pressure is normal, uh, and and the manufacturer has specifications for that, then it, there is a chance that the sensor itself is failing, and then we would replace that sensor. Uh, 
when we get all, when we take our equipment back off, we'll put a new sensor in, and uh, that should take care of your problem. But that's actually a pretty common way that an engine or that you get information or that the engine itself will tell you that it's getting old and worn out is that it won't hold oil pressure at idle. Hmm. Does uh, at Lloyd's do do you guys uh, you guys replace uh, engines put in the new engines on vehicles from time to time? Yeah, still? We, sh- we sure do. But hmm. uh, actually, you know, engines are so efficient anymore. Yeah, and uh, and expensive. Uh, it, it's not as often as you as you might think. Uh, engines uh, hold together, and usually by the time the engine fails, the rest or so much has gone down or gone wrong with the rest of the vehicle that. Uh, Oftentimes people will say, well, I'm not going to do that. That's The car's not worth that sure. kind of investment anymore. But, but uh, you know, on the other hand, uh, cars have gotten so expensive that uh, they still fix them, that's for sure. Interesting. Here is a text, Dan, that says, uh, uh, what does the eco, ECO mode change in the drivetrain on cars? Well, it's me- it's measuring the conditions, you know, the... The uh, uh, way in number one, the way in which you're driving. If you're driving aggressively, you can't keep that eco light off. It, uh, it's you know, it's uh, I mean, on. It shuts off all the time because you're driving too aggressively. But uh, when when you're uh, driving just normally and that eco light is on. It what it's saying is that that's the what it's telling you is that the engine is happy. It's not having to do any any modifications with the computer to give it more power or to uh, any of you know to give it more fuel or anything like that. What it's telling you is that it's running as efficiently as it possibly can under the conditions, and uh, and you know that's the best way to drive the vehicle. Things that change, uh, you know, to uh, give you more power is things like timing and uh, um, the, the the quantity, the amount of time that the fuel injector is on, so it's adding more fuel. Uh, things like that uh, are things that are adjusted with that Ecolite. I know we're going to take a break here in a moment, but I want to grab this text before we do. Uh, this uh, texture thinking of buying a, a new Toyota Venza Hybrid now, they're offering a 10-year, 150,000-mile bumper-to-bumper maintenance package. Do you recommend the maintenance package? I guess, well, what would you call it, an extended warranty, I suppose? Yeah, you know, extended warranties are just an insurance policy. And if you're comfortable with insurance policies, if you want to know, if you want to plan that into your budget and just make the the payments, you know, whatever they are, and not have any other expenses, that's great. Um, but the, on the other side of that is it is an insurance policy. They're making money on it, which means you probably won't spend that much uh, on the vehicle, or odds are you won't spend that much. But but um, I don't know. I'd say it's pretty much a toss-up. It's kind of a personal thing. If, if, uh, if you like the insurance and you like the budget mm-hmm. part of that, then go ahead and do that. Plus, I think uh, in the show, past shows, you've also said uh, if you like the insurance and you like the budget mm-hmm. part of that, then go ahead and do that. Plus, I think uh, in the show, past shows, you've also said uh, the caveat, read the fine print, right? Well, you know, we had <laughs> – that's exactly true because we had one this week that where the vehicle needed quite a bit of work, and 
uh, by the time you read through all the fine print, pretty much none of what the vehicle needed was covered by the warranty, and that was really frustrating for the customer. So be careful of that. Wow, I should say. All right, we have more show to come here on this Saturday morning. Again, we're the phone lines are down, unfortunately, but the text line does work. So if you have a car care question, 651-989-9226. 62 degrees and smoky here in the Twin Cities. Uh, keep in mind that the, the garden show coming along in the 8 o'clock hour, Julie Weisenhorn from the U of M will be answering your questions next hour. So keep that in mind via text, of course. Here on News Talk 830, this is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of CCO's Car Care Show. Again, if you're just joining us, Dan Burns uh, from Lloyd's Automotive helping you out, as he's done for so many years here on CCO. We have no phone system. That's why we're dealing with just text messages today. Uh, so if you do have a question, and again, that uh, same thing holds true for uh, asking Julie Wisen on a question next hour on our Smart Garden Show. Text number is 651-989-9226. All right, Dan, let's see. Uh, another uh, shutting down at stoplight question. This is a 2016 Jeep. No longer shuts down at stoplights. It quit doing that this summer. Do I have a problem, Texter wants to know. Well, a lot of people would say, no, you don't have a problem. That's perfect. But, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but yeah, you know, there, uh, there's things that control that uh, that vehicle, the, the fact that the vehicle is, is whether it shuts off at a stoplight or not. One of the things, for example, is when the vehicle's cold, you know, until it's come up to operating temperatures or temperature, oftentimes it won't shut off. Or uh, on, on some vehicles, if you don't push the brake pedal hard enough, the vehicle won't shut off. And so there's things like that that are built into the, the strategy of the uh, shutoff portion at, at, uh, at rest and um, – if one of those isn't working, then it's going to default to keep running all the time. And so there probably is something, if your vehicle stopped shutting off at the stoplight, there is something that's, that it's that some sort of information that it's not getting, that it's the, or that the information that it's not happy with. Um, but I'd, I'm not sure what that is. And it, we, we, we would have to do a little studying to understand how, what strategy your particular vehicle has on a, on a Jeep. Uh, how that works, and and then uh, go from there and, and see which, what information it's not getting that's causing it to not shut off. This other texter uh, has a couple of different vehicles, uh, and again, it's a uh, additive. Uh, they want to. They wondered, is it okay to use sea foam for cleaning the fuel injectors? One's a Dodge Ram uh, fifteen hundred four by four. The other's an Accord six cylinder. I guess it doesn't matter on that. What do you, What do you think about the sea foam additive? Well, cleaning. I, yeah, I think it's fine. Um, you know, the, the the manufacturers, none of the manufacturers or most of the manufacturers don't recommend fuel additives or, or oil additives or anything like that. They've got the vehicle engineered to run on what they want it to run on. Um, so they, it, it, it's not part of their strategy or their engineering. But uh, if, if it, for some reason, you think that it would be beneficial to your vehicle, it's certainly not going to hurt anything. And uh, and if it makes you feel good by doing that, then then that's what you should do. All right, very good. Timely question here: What's the impact do you think of all this Canadian smoke on car air filters? Well, 
it's probably there. The particulates are so small that it probably doesn't have anything to do uh, with your air filter. I think they're probably getting right through. Uh, but that being said, uh, it, you know, it's it's pollution, and and part of the reason that we have air filters for both the cabin of the vehicle and the engine is to catch these particulates, the large ones anyway. Um, so it, it, I don't think it has much to do with the running of your vehicle or the effect on your vehicle, uh, but it certainly does on my health, and, and I worry about it. I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't like to be out in it. I've shortened my walks, and I've shortened my time outside because I don't think it's good for me. Yeah, that's what's recommended, too, and it will be right through Tuesday afternoon, so keep that in mind. All right, let's see if we have time for a couple more text messages. 2017 Highlander, the push-button start. Uh, if I leave it running, Texter says, and walk away with a fob in my pocket, is the engine supposed to go off automatically? Uh, it is not, and it will not. Uh, that's a kind of a safety factor. If if something happens to your key fob, uh, that the, the vehicle, while you're driving along, should not be able to just shut off by itself because that's not safe. So, no, the... the uh, that happens when you uh, valet park your car. They'll they're very careful about getting the key fob because uh, um, you know they without the key fob they're stuck. Uh, they they can drive the car, they can park it and get it into play and and all of that. But then when they go to get it again, they don't have a key, and so that causes a problem. But uh, yeah, no, the vehicle without the key fob will continue to run until you shut it off, and then when you go to restart it, if you don't have the key fob, it won't work. Uh, this uh, texter wants to know what causes the vehicle to lose gas mileage. It's about half of what it used to be. One coil pack has been replaced. The engine still surges. Pedometer jumps up and down constantly while driving, especially on acceleration. But in general, uh, what causes a vehicle or could cause a vehicle to lose gas mileage? Well, it's either got it, it's either uh, getting too much fuel for some reason, or it's needing too much fuel. If there's uh, if there's uh, if you're driving with the brakes on or, you know, if there's a transmission problem or if the exhaust is plugged or, you know, a whole bunch of reasons that the vehicle would need to be adding fuel to get the power that it needs, uh, that'll affect your gas mileage. Uh, so there's obviously something wrong if your gas mileage has gone in half and uh, you should get that in and get that fixed because uh, it's probably not good for the car or the engine in general, you need you need to get some, give that some attention. And we have a couple of minutes to go on the show. Uh, here's a 2004 Honda Accord, 168,000 miles on it. The automatic transmission whines as it gets underway. After about 30 seconds, the small whine goes away. What I want the car to do is last until 2025 and then buy another one. Question is, do you think I should get it repaired while it's a small problem or just hope it hangs on? Well, I think you should probably get it repaired while it's a small problem it might be as simple as as changing changing the fluid and the filter which is which is good maintenance anyway uh if there's a restriction of some sort and it could be in the filter uh you know that'll cause a whine that's a reason that a pump whines usually is because there's a a restriction so i would uh, at least get the fluid and filter changed and see if that takes care of it beyond that <clears throat> you might find that it's getting too expensive and uh, then you might want to switch to the let's just see how it does uh, mode. But uh, but I would I would do the basics first. 
Okay, very good. I, it looks like we're out of time. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time and heading uh, downtown today. We appreciate that. If you're just joining us, uh, we have no phone system here at CCO. It happens. Uh, and uh, we hope to get that fixed here uh, very soon. And that's why we don't hear Jack this morning as well. Uh, I tell you what, Dan, get, let us uh, give us some information how we can find you guys at Lloyd's Automotive. Well, you can find us on the web. We are at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-I-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. You can come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. Or give us a call as soon as this morning at 651 228 one three one six. Excellent. And I will see you in a short bit of time, Dan. Sounds good. All right. Thanks very much, Dan Burns from uh, Lloyd's Automotive. Julie Weisenhorn's in studio next hour. Julie from the U of M answering your lawn and garden questions. So keep those in mind. Again, also keep in mind we have no phones, but we will be glad to answer your uh, lawn and garden questions by text 651-989-9226. Foggy, smoky right now, 62. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.